0: Okay, this is okay, so this is an unusual. Okay, so this is a um, unusual situation because I wasn't given access to the live feed, so I'll just record this class offline. I don't want to wait another month. And uh, let me hide my gun because last time I was touching the microphone. Okay. And uh, today we're talking about fire, and uh, as usual, I'm all prayered up and fired up see what I did there and we're going to talk about uh, fire as our Guru this is a series of lessons on the Srimad Bhagavatam 11th canto chapter 7 where to cut the the story short because I always make uh, you know a summary of the situation um, a Avadhuta Brahmana is instructing Maharaj Yadu over the fact that he has 24 gurus and that's what brought him to the level of realization he's uh, at. Okay, so did I say, yeah, I did all my prayers. So let's begin. Um, Fire is the last of the uh, basic, essential, constitutional elements of uh, physical reality. We've seen earth, water, air, somehow we skipped to ether, And now we're back to fire. So um, we saw that in many uh, civilizations and cultures, they pretty much are aware of these constitutional elements. I mean, you cannot ignore them. Excuse me. Yes, it's allergy season in Costa Rica. Sorry about that. so in many civilizations they're all quite aware quite awake to the fact that we are surrounded by fire earth air and uh what did i say fire earth air water and ether some of them uh include the ether so they are um seen uh archetypically as archetypes in uh in many um what would you call them? systems of uh, ways of uh, decoding our world in which we live so in the tarot in astrology in many ways of uh, say in alchemy everybody's quite aware of uh, earth so solidity uh, liquidity fire is just very unique in and of itself air so and ether and um we talked about the movements in a way, the directions that these uh, elements uh, are correlated with. So Earth is all about implosion, is all about um, going towards the center, and we saw how Earth is uh, how Sri Guru speaks to us as Earth, and uh, why it tells us to focus on the center and then we saw that with air it's the opposite it's all about going out expansion uh, expand your horizon expand your consciousness so there's a, a teaching behind all this obviously i'm giving it a godia uh, vedantic uh, spin <clears throat> but um it can be drawn it can be reduced to these um I don't know if the word exists actually, archetypical, (laughs) like archetypes, uh, like very broad uh, uh, concepts that we can work on. Uh, Because to make another aside, um, as I say every time, this series of uh, verses, this series of lessons based on these verses, are not really to tell you that you should uh, worship uh, the fire, because he's your guru but it's aimed at pointing out that these 24 gurus are just examples of of how you should be able to see the teaching the guru the divine ultimately yourself in any aspect of matter that's really the point so um any reasoning that you can do to uh, draw meaning out of matter is um is good. Of course, it's got to be sound. That's why I try to, obviously, I mean, this is this whole class is on the Srimad Bhagavatam. Am I qualified to uh, lecture out of the Srimad Bhagavatam? No, but I do have a guru and he is qualified. So that's where I invest all my, um, (laughs) what you call them, when you go to a casino, all my tokens, all my coins. And uh, so let's see what comes out. Like I said, I do my prayers. And then, uh, I mean, I have some brains. I did uh, think I happen to wake up in the middle of the night a lot, so when I can't fall asleep, I think of these things. All right, so, um, so what does fire tell us? We talked about implosion, expansion, and then we saw that water wants to go down, so the, re- the, the, the direction of water is down, and clearly, fire goes up and ether uh doesn't go anywhere because it's already all pervading ether is a buzz it's uh, all about vibration and frequency and we saw that too although i couldn't do justice to that because the ether is very elusive but now we're talking about fire um so mm, pretend you're a caveman let's reduce everything to like very basic perception of the world which is funny because we're talking about the perception of an avadhuta, so the the most realized uh, vision you could possibly have as a human being. But it works also. If you if you see the world as a cavement, you will see many times that this paradox is there in um, in our philosophy, in our approach to reality. The lowest and the highest tend to coincide, whether you're A fool because you lost your mind, or whether you're uh, behaving foolishly because you're an avadhuta, the behavior is the same, but obviously, the what's behind is different. So that's why you know the gopis act as if they were totally devoured by lust. They leave their husband, they meet with somebody in the middle of the night. It's and it's considered the highest thing in our gradation of. uh, spiritual absorption and interaction with god and yet it is the same dynamics as the lowest possible behavior you could have when steeped in material consciousness what a break see because i'm fired up it makes me thirsty i'll try not to make a pun each lesson each class but bear with me life is about having fun and i just came from dressing christian balaram and balaram is a very funny guy he presides over hasya so laugh is good laughter is good um fire so fire goes up okay so um considering this um vision of the world as a caveman as a basic man we saw last time that uh, men the, the the human experience, the human expression, the, the way consciousness expresses itself through the human vehicle, is um, such that it vibrates between divinity and animality. So uh, and so, that's why I was um, um, reasoning on this image of man standing on earth and surrounded by air, uh, walking on earth but really functioning in air. Now every animal walks on earth depends on the earth and lives in the air but you know flow with it uh what i'm saying is that um man if we go with this analogy can walk in all directions north south west east northwest northeast southeast southwest even down he, they can dig but they cannot go up so um the direction up and fire so fire goes up so it points to everything that's divine that's superhuman so that's the first teaching of fire look up look at what's above you and you can see to take a little detour that um the whole of vedic perspective or or uh, <laughs> teaching strategy, the the whole educational uh, program of the Vedas is aimed at looking up, looking at that. You know, there are so many verses that say that, they talk about that. That means that. So it talks about that, that reality. If it's that, it's not me. So I need to focus on something other than me, something above me in this case. Um, And uh, that's also why there's so much emphasis on what's higher, what's lower, that's beneath me, that's higher, higher thoughts, higher consciousness. Why is high any better than low? Because of all this way of making sense that humans have. So let's go with it. Okay, so. Excuse me. When you live in the forest, you never know what's gonna, what's making that crackling noise, and I don't want to investigate. So, um, fire goes up. It tells you to look up, to look above you. So I was saying, as an aside, that the Vedas are always trying to forge your mind in terms of look up, look at who's above you. And that's why you see all these statements about serving, because it's all about the dynamics of service, right? Service should be our ideal and our motor. You know, the wind in our service attitude should be the wind in our sails, but also our destination and and our boat. (laughs) So in the Vedas, you find all these statements of like, you should be subservient to the king because the king is not a deva he is god among humans within a family uh the father well say the parents should be the focus of the worship of the service attitude of the affection of the children who should act as subordinate in a way the wife to the husband uh it's all a matter of reflecting or seeing the reflection of the dynamics between purusha and prakriti there is always an energy uh, a source of energy and an energy and the dynamics uh the dance between the energizer the energetic and the energy and it's got nothing to do with uh you know power tripping or 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 abuse of authority, because I I know, understandably, how many women would think, hey, why should the wife serve the husband? If you read the Vedas, uh, I'm going totally off a tangent, but whatever. If you read the Vedas uh, correctly, which (laughs) I don't advise it, because it's a lot of like, you know, manusmriti, okay, if you really want to get into the weeds of that, go ahead. But, you know, keep in mind that, well, myself, I speak as a representative of a very, of a movement that's very transcendentalist. So yes, the Vedic knowledge includes these sort of um, considerations, but ultimately we're neither men or women, we should just be units of service, units of consciousness, um, waking up to the fact that they're consciousness and acting within consciousness with the rest, with the totality of consciousness that is personified and and uh, and yeah personified in krishna the supreme personality of consciousness of godhead of the divine divine and consciousness are very strictly and intimately related but anyway in vedic society there is always who you should be subservient to who you should worship who you should serve and that's the what the part that matters not who is the king who is the father who is the guru but who is the service um, who is who embodies service. That That's where you should see the teaching because otherwise you just get the lowest possible meaning out of this. You're like, oh, it's all about exploiting. It's all about uh, taking advantage. And why should we be subservient as a child, as a son, as a daughter, as a wife, as a citizen? Uh, just see this uh, social uh, system. You, you, miss, you miss the whole boat. It's not about that. Okay, so back to the fire, and uh, looking up, looking above you, looking at who is worthy of your service. Now back to the analogy of the caveman. Um, I said that uh, up, so the above, is always correlated, tends to be correlated with divinity, because it's everything that's above, out of our power, out of our jurisdiction. So, and also earth and and water, very common, you know, again, in the analogy of the caveman, you're constantly crossing through creeks, you're drinking, you breathe without thinking about it, you walk on earth, you sleep on earth, everything you do, you do it on earth. So you may draw, I wouldn't say transcendental, but like you may start philosophizing and thinking in terms of religion or spirituality, but not as much as, you do in relation to fire, because where is fire in nature? You know, um, fire is uh, you could say the sun, but you don't know it's made of fire, right? You just see a lot of light. So it really comes from above as lightning. Of course, you got volcanoes, but and there are volcanoes everywhere on Earth where there are humans. Uh, My country alone has two. Here in Costa Rica, there are three. I'm from Italy. And in Costa Rica, there are at least three. But unless you live, you know, people weren't, there was no globalization and instant communication. If you live in a country where there are no volcanoes, you really just see fire when lightning strikes a tree and all of a sudden you see a tree on fire. And then I guess later on, after a couple of times, especially after men started to harness fire, you realize that the sun is a bigger source of fire. But let's stick with this um, tree on fire. All of a sudden you see that fire emits heat and light. So a fire goes up, it points to what's up, to transcendence, to divinity, to uh, spiritual thinking but fire is also all about transformation you can see that you know where there were two pieces of bamboo in the summer of uh, you know a place where there's bamboo i mean bamboo grows where there's water but not necessarily just whatever any branches you know in california you don't have bamboo necessarily but you do have forest fires now i don't know who would be again thinking like a caveman see the fire as it starts but yeah you may see accidental fire you may see lightning and all of a sudden you see that where there was uh you know just sticks branches and air there is a new substance and then you just rub when you when going on with the analogy when men started to uh, harness fire you can rub wood there's no fire in wood And then you have fire. So it comes from another world. So there's again your correlation with other worldliness, something above us, something uh, mysterious, mystic. Mystic means it's got mysteries, like something that I cannot quite comprehend and and is therefore above me and on and on. So you can see how it's very much related to to this. And um, so heat and light it's otherworldly and it gives you power over the world because, you know, uh, of all animals, man is the only one who can actually use fire, produce fire. And the implications are profound, they're huge. You, I mean, you would argue anybody knows, and it's like common knowledge that if you sus- subscribe to a vision, and i don't subscribe or necessarily dismiss uh the vision of um you know man evolving from uh you know neander homo erectus and then homo sapiens and then you know like going up in a linear way towards further and further progress if you can uh, describe today's state of affair progress um so I'm just flowing with one um, parameter, just so we can make sense of stuff and just draw inspiration. How does fire, how is fire our guru? But OK, so men harness fire all of a sudden, like before fire, before harnessing fire, because you know, men could have had experience of a tree on fire from lightning or a forest on fire and just run away like any other animal. But when you start harnessing fire all of a sudden you create heat when it's cold you create daytime when it's nighttime light and heat are radiating energies and uh, again it comes out of fire comes out of where there was no fire and um if we go with the symbology of it all light Allows you to do things because you see, and so light means knowledge. Knowledge means power, and that's how man has the most power over other creatures on Earth uh, that we decided to abuse. But nonetheless, it's 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 a it's a state. It's it's a fact. But um, so fire is kind of like the link between. Fire is the element that, given man, as we postulated it, so as the link between... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Terrenal, Just earthly, you know, earthly, worldly. Um, absorption and air and everything that it signifies, because Air, you know, sky is the limit, as we say. Air, sky, sometimes they can be uh, conflagrated, conflagrated into one concept. Uh, but you know, the above. So, with if we postulate man between these two realities, fire brings man away from its animality and more towards divinity. So that is that would be one first. Uh, way the fire teaches us the fire is our guru and and says look above you look up look toward the divine and we'll see when the verse is about the sun how well you know more things apply i want i'm not gonna (laughs) um, no spoilers so um, what was i saying fire brings us in the direction of divinity and so fire is also correlated with this idea of uh, transformation you know from wood and air you have fire it's um because what is fire you know water of course if you're not a scientist you don't know but fire water is made of two flammable gases we were talking about the mystic um the mystique of uh, water last time how it's a paradox how it tells us to adapt, like water adapts to the container. And it also says, I am an adaptation myself of two flammable gases. And so look at me, I am liquidity personified. Wherever there's liquidity, it's due to the content of water. I still haven't figured out if it applies to oil. But you know, oil does dry up. I know, because people here <laughs> leave the pan with oil just there that it just dries up and gets more gunky and then what are you going to do with it anyway so yeah liquidity if not water you know the element of water talks about liquidity and what it means to be liquid flexible but we already had a class on that so uh fire what is fire right it's not a gas it's not a solid it's not water it's just a state of matter Yes, there are things that need to burn for fire to exist. So fire depends on oxygen, but it's not oxygen. It's not oxygen on fire. It's not air on fire. I guess you could say it like that, but it's a very distinct and, and uh, a unique substance that acts very uniquely. <laughs> so, um, transformation now let's talk about since we saw the correlation between fire and and religion and spirituality and divinity obviously in our culture the the vedic uh, culture we all uh, espoused or were born into there's a lot of fire sacrifice if you do a veda base search on fire which i may or may not have done you can see that there is a lot of fire sacrifices being mentioned, and how fire consumes everything. Uh, in fact, the verses actually—I um, I am my first. Um, what would you say cr- critique or criticizer that I never quite take advantage of the purport of the verses I'm addressing? I kind of give for granted that. that if you're interested in this series of uh, classes, you will either go see the verse after for yourself, or you have already because uh, it's it's written, it's right there. But you know, uh, I don't want to also. I, I, I neither want to come across as somebody who uh, believes he's above the purport of the of the of the Bhagavatam, and you know, he he'd rather talk about the tarot and the Greeks and. Whatever I talk about to make a point, to drive a point home. So, why don't we go ahead this time and uh, read the three or four verses from the Bhagavatam where the Avadhuta tells, um, uh, what was I talking about? The Maharaj Yadu, why fire is uh, uh, his guru. So, that's verse 45 of the chapter 7 of the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam saintly persons become powerful by execution of austerities which by the way tapa tapasya means to burn which is primarily what uh, what uh, what fire does it does give off heat and light and all those not repercussions implications but while burning so fire burns intransitively or it burns stuff transitly transitively it burns wood it burns whatever you offer into it so and uh, so you can see the correlation between knowledge knowledge means power knowledge comes from light light comes from fire fire gives what am i saying here fire gives light therefore knowledge and therefore power and austerity also gives power when you uh willingly give up something that you could do it does things it makes you think i could be doing this but i'm not doing it because of higher purpose as and, as fire tells us think think up look up think of what's up and uh, so that's another correlation tapasya tapa means to burn burn your ignorance with the fire of knowledge there you go so uh saintly persons become powerful by execution of austerities their consciousness is unshakable because they do not try to enjoy anything within the material world such naturally liberated sages accept foodstuffs that are offered to them by destiny and if by chance they happen to eat contaminated food, they're not affected, just like fire, which burns by contaminated substances, uh, which burns up contaminated substances. I'm sorry, uh, just like fire, which burns up contaminated substances that are offered to it. I'll read all of them. A saintly person, just like fire, sometimes appears in a concealed form, and another other times reveals himself. Or herself. Um, for the welfare of the conditioned souls who desire real happiness a saintly person may accept the worshipable uh, position of spiritual master and thus like fire he burns or she burns to ashes all the past and future sinful re- reactions of his or her worshippers. worshipers, worshipers by mercifully accepting their offerings just like fire manifests differently in pieces of wood of different sizes and uh, qualities the omnipotent supreme soul having entered the bodies of higher and lower life forms created by his own potency appears to assume the identity of each okay so i think i believe the next verse is about the moon yeah so we're done Big concepts uh, expressed here, right? Uh, Let's talk about uh, the first. Consuming. Fire consumes. Uh, Again, transformation. We talk about transformation. You throw grains in the fire. Different civilizations would sacrifice different things, unfortunately. But even in the Vedas, you know, they would uh, sacrifice horses and and, and even cows. So whatever is dear to you, a horse is very valuable to humans. A cow is sacred even. That's what sacrifice means. You make sacred. Um, Well, cows are already sacred, but um, you take what's dearest to your heart and you sacrifice it, you put it in relation to something higher with the uh, with a view of making that higher thing dearest to your heart than what you already consider yourself dear yourself your belongings you know your horse your cow etc now in vedic um, uh, times they say that um, brahmanas had uh, enough tejas brahma-tejas, spiritual potency through their mantras that were properly pronounced and everything was properly executed that the cow would come back out of the fire rejuvenated uh stronger same with the horse Um, okay so let me take an aside on that because in our culture it is said that if you don't have material desires you can touch fire and not burn yourself Oof, man, a whole class could be given on that alone. You know, what comes to my mind is Sita Devi. When um, uh, Lakshman made a protective ring of fire, when he had to rescue Ramachandra, uh, it is said that uh, Sita Devi kind of was absorbed into the fire and taken by the fire god, and then the fire god produced an imaginary, a Maya version of Sita Devi because how could somebody like Ravana touch uh, Sita Devi who is pure and, uh, and worthy of the company of uh, Ramachandra? I mean, their Purusha and Shakti, they are equally pure, equally transcendental. So that's said, and uh, not sad, like that has been said. But um, they also say that at some point later on in the Ramayana, somebody was uh, putting into question the purity and the chastity of Sita Devi because she's been captive but you know Ravana was not known for his morality he would just steal and rape and do whatever he wanted with whatever because he had achieved this position of like ruling it over the whole world and nobody everybody was afraid of him they'd be like you know she may be chaste, but he is strong and and, and, and powerful and he may have taken advantage of her um, regardless. So Ramachandra uh, ordered for a pyre to be lit and uh, if she was still chased, she would have been untouched by the fire. So they say that at that time, the fire god returned the real Sita and absorbed the image, imaginary Sita. Point being that if you don't have material desires, you don't get burned by the fire. And i'm trying to like contain myself because it's already three quarters of the way and incidentally i'm cooking lunch today so i can't go past this time and i want to not go too wild on this point which is really really useful and profound but let's see the least i can say on this fire if you're pure if you don't have material desires you don't get burnt by fire Well, material desires matter for all intents and purposes means physical matter. So, if you're not absorbed in physical gratification, uh, so if you're, you can see that just yogis and, and various, um, what are they called, fakirs, they can walk on coals and, you know, but they live on that mental platform. They need to really condition their mind. So, it's not your average Tom, Dick, and Harry that can just walk, work walk on the fire because if you're very grossly identified with your gross body it's all about oh my body got burned there all that fear all that identification i remember there was an indian devotee here here once who was uh, kind of helping me cook and he didn't have a whole lot of experience with cooking so to move a pot over the burner or something he just thought if i touch if i get over fire i get burned scorched irremediably i was like just move the pot one second you can put your hand in the fire for a split second you're not gonna get burnt and hurt so he just didn't know that so you can see that the knowledge the more you go to the into to the direction of knowledge philosophy and spiritual knowledge and spiritual realization the more even just as a yogi you can uh, condition your mind or or wake up to the fact that you're conditioned and just not get burnt so many people can do it in Italy we had a TV host who just uh controlled his mind and walked I don't know five meters on red hot coals and didn't get burned and then they made fun of him somebody walked on pizza <laughs> five meters of hot pizza anyway um so that concept is there that's also why um, brahmanas should be the ones interacting with fire um, doing fire sacrifices uh, as much as possible cooking because they don't have material desires and they say that your level of consciousness is infused in the fire so uh, especially grains uh, i don't have time to get into all the what it means what a grain means the fire and everything I mean, I have time to get into the fire because that's what I'm talking about, but not in that detail of Vedic sensibility. Um, so, Brahmanas should be the ones cooking, cooking for God and, and uh, on the altar, etc. Um, also, fire is considered the tongue of Vishnu. And Brahmanas are the face of Vishnu, the mouth. Mukha means. Uh, mouth as much as face so the Brahmanas in the societal body of uh, Varnashram corresponds to the face of um, of God to the mouth of God that's why when a Brahmana comes your way you should just listen to what comes out of their mouth and then stuff their mouth (laughs) with food with offerings because you know everybody's animals are about annamaya, plants are all about spreading the seed reproducing themselves the animals surprisingly they're not about sex as much as they're about food 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 plants are stuck there so the food that comes is the food that comes they may spread the roots but if there's not enough food they die all they care about and before dying they do a massive production of flowers because all they matter all that matters to plants is spread the seed but animals are about food we saw it with our dogs and cats and cows food is like the most important thing so even for humans who are are part animals food is very important and that's why it's so purifying to offer food what would keep you alive to something higher you know to a brahmana um, who's the mouth of god and then to the fire you can see that grains know because we don't sacrifice cows but grains are really what food means for humans for you know civilized compassionate humans Uh, grains is where the the fuel is the 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 carbohydrates and uh, carbohydrates is um, connected with carburation you know carbon they burn and and they give us energy so to sacrifice grains in the fire is again giving what's the dearest to us because if there's a famine it's not for lack of uh, spinach it's for lack of grains and you put those in the fire now if you put grains in the earth well you just get grass (laughs) you get you get even more food if you get if you put grains uh, sorry grains in water you can still change your mind I was like ah you know what just pick them out of the water yeah maybe if it's boiling water you can still scoop them out uh and even if you cook them it's still grains you can still use them grains in the air whatever nobody does it but if you put grains in the fire and that's the idea if you put anything in the fire it consumes it it um it transforms it so back to the idea of the first verse of the Bhagavatam, i'm not gonna have time <laughs> but i recorded late let's see how long i've been going it doesn't say I'll, I'll try my best. Um, so fire transforms stuff. When you put grains in the fire, the banana in the fire, it, it represents what's dear to you or what you think is you. They say that when you take initiation, you put the banana on the fire, which symbolizes your go- not your go- your ego. Once it's in the fire, it's in the fire. It's, it's gone. So you need to um, transform. That's what fire calls you to do, to, to change. To, to, to look for that energy that comes out of nowhere, that energy that's behind matter, to look for consciousness behind matter, whether it's the two branches that you rub or anything. Because, you know, again, these verses are not about the very detailed uh, element and the guru being the fire or the fire being the guru. It's all about, if you can see it, seeing consciousness behind matter and acting. Uh, in a correspondent way, so um fire teaches us to look behind matter, like the verse was saying. There is fire in wood, even if it's not manifest. To look for the unmanifest, to for the unknown, for the realm of infinite possibility, which is uh, Vaikunta, and within Vaikunta, if you are a Gaudiya, you know, look for Brindavan and. Uh, in that realm of uh, <clears throat> that vibration, that frequency to vibrate at. And it tells you that to do that, you need to change. Like fire changes. Fire, can you, you, you fire is a substance that you cannot put your finger on, quite literally. <laughs> um, it's like, what is fire? When How can you draw fire? I guess you can draw fire quite well if you're an experienced artist. But what is the shape of fire? so it's constantly changing and it changes whatever you put in it so fire teaches you to change exhorts you to change change yourself burn anything that you think is yourself until what is left is yourself you the real you you got to burn everything you think you are you need to transform yourself only to become what you've always been you need to constantly change, become something else. Uh, well, really change your level of consciousness, because everything is here, everything is there at the same time. The to an infinite degree, eternity is already here. Everything is absolute, right? It's it's not like try not to think of this world as a material bubble where the absolute, where things are not absolute, where the infinite has no jurisdiction here things are finite this is not the infinite world this is the finite world things are not eternal here that doesn't stand to reason in vedantic terms if something is infinite it pervades everything to an infinite degree so the only thing the only limitation is our limiting beliefs and uh, well our state of consciousness even matter is infinite our material consciousness is what creates this bubble of space and time which are limiting beliefs time is a thought is a concept animals don't have a sense of time as we do you could say because they're inferior in their intellect but uh, meanwhile we are the only ones who are really trapped by by time and space so um that was another detour, but a very good one, because it's really what's at the base of these teachings. Forget the fire, but anyway, going back to fire. Fire calls us to change, to consume uh, everything that's not... Um, you know, like these verses were saying, burn the karma. You're called to uh, adopt activities that... We talk about burning karma all the time, it's a very apt analogy. And the Guru burns our karma by pointing us in that direction, and then ourselves, we should follow in that direction and uh, um, remove ourselves from any involvement. So karmic involvement, see this world of results as I call the material world, it's the world of results. It's the world of what's already happened. It's the world of the past. It's got nothing to do with the future, the bright, bright future like the fire is there to symbolize look towards brightness infinite possibilities in front of you now you can choose you know you can choose to just um adopt possibilities that make you rich and famous and but among the infinite possibilities the message of the Bhagavatam is look at the highest possible thing the highest potential of the soul and uh, and that's what it uh what it uh, now they realize that I don't have access to the zoom call, whatever. Um, So. What was I saying? Uh, The highest possibility, but for all intents and purposes, the future means infinite possibility. You may have heard me say that the what do I say? (laughs) I don't remember. The value of matter is zero and the value value of spirit is infinite. The potential is infinite, and the infinite is already here. You just need to see it. you just need to change your level of consciousness so not bad for seeing all this out of a candle, out of a fire, out of your burner. Imagine you could just light your burner and um, and cook, make popcorn and and, and realize the absolute have thoughts of, of, uh, of your guru and what your guru symbolizes. Um, so yeah fire tells you to burn everything that is not any contaminant you know because material consciousness is a contamination for pure consciousness uh all of a sudden imagine your pure consciousness with infinite potential and material consciousness makes you think in terms of um, space and time and limitation i'm a man i'm white i have green eyes if i'm here how can i be there if it's here how can it be there you apply it to to well to the divine well if it's like this how can it be like that do me a favor and don't think in in spiritual terms well don't think spiritually in geographical terms and anatomical terms cuz you'll you'll just lose from the beginning obviously you need good guidance you need a guru to, who 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 can show you how the scriptures point towards this and whatever is said about the spiritual world is out there and, you know, the seven coverings, you know, material, the material universe is said to be covered by, you know, all the, I don't remember, like, it's, it's, it's perceived as a bubble and there's like a, a, a layer of ego and then a layer of intelligence that's like twice as big as that one and then a layer of mind, if I'm not wrong, maybe it's just a physical element and then there's a layer of uh, ether and then a layer of um, fire and you've got to pass all these layers to get to uh, the spiritual world that's like saying that yes the spiritual world is virtual so pretend there is a video game in my computer and and uh and in that society of the video game they say that To get into the real world, say, I tell another player, actually, um, you need to get out of the pixels and then get out of the software and then get out of the hardware of the computer. No, (laughs) yes, because the the, the game, what you're invested in with your consciousness and you really think you're in the game. Some people really lose their minds. There are some Chinese adolescents who just um, I'm sure it's all over the world, but they have have to go to rehab because they just uh, are so invested in those games and the dynamics and the money money they accumulate in the game and and the family they make in the game and the popularity they achieve in the game, making it up, I'm not a gamer, that they close the windows, they don't want to go out, they have their parents Feed them through uh, under the door, or, or they just leave the food. They don't want to see their parents, they don't want to get into the living room. It's like, ah, living room, it's got nothing to do with the fantastical, fantastic world of the video game. I'm in which I'm such an important person. Uh, let's assume, <clears throat> but really, what they need to do is turn off the computer, get the cyber goggles, the, 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 the helmet, the, the glove, the cyber glove off, take them off. They don't need to get out of the computer physically. They just need to consciously realize. So that's precisely what we're asked to do in this material life. I was thinking the other day, how amazing it is that we dream. I have crazy dreams. I just had a crazy dream this morning (laughs) because we are already asleep to our potential as souls. As souls we belong in a totally different realm, in a totally different dimension where we could function so much better. We would be consciousness relating with consciousness. But we're asleep to all that and we're absorbed in this world that we call life reality, which is actually Vishnu's dream. A piece of advice, whatever is said of Mahavishnu, is um not an allegory but it's like an archetype of what is true of consciousness and since we we we're consciousness it's true of us too so what does Vishnu does he's asleep and his nightmares (laughs) are the material world and he may get invested in them um well that brings up or about the conscious concept of Sadashiva and how Shiva is Jiva, as they say. But you know, down to this peck to the jiva, that is consciousness being absorbed in this dream. So we are within a dream of um well, as soul, whether you take consciousness as us, the jiva soul, or as you see the material world as the dream of Mahavishnu, who is the Vishvatma, the the, the consciousness of the universe, it's um we're asleep to our true potential, our true reality, and, um, and the fact that we dream inside of this dream is far out. I wonder if any one of you ever dreamed of dreaming, not realize that you're in a dream, but like dream that you are in bed, and then a dream starts, and then you see that dream. It's, uh, it's crazy, the, the, the meanders of the mind and how complex reality really is. So I'm running out of time. Let's see if I can talk about the other points. Um, If I can get out of Zoom. So we talked about consuming, consuming anything that is not you so that you can finally act as you and um, transforming yourself. And then let's see the other verse talks about Yeah, the fire being um, unmanifest, but then it manifests in um, in the world as the super soul through his energies. And keep in mind that Jiva Shakti is one of the shaktis of uh, of the supreme soul of God of the Shaktiman appears to assume the identity of each. Okay so I guess we we talked about all, all this um, All right so I I did a fairly good job on on uh, on um talking about not on not not on no, I didn't do justice to the matter but um I did take some notes and I went through them uh, mentally I didn't write anything this time so I am going to um figure out how to upload this on uh youtube and uh just talk to whoever the administrators are and i think something has already changed and so from la- from next time i should be able to get access to zoom and just manage the situation uh better uh, i'm just glad i could record this and uh, i still have time to cook lunch and uh and life is perfect all right sushi guru gauranga ki jai